This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to the Betting Weekly English Premier League podcast. Another round of Premier League action is upon us and we've got two cracking games, especially some big derbies coming up, some big football. The season really, really is hotting up and I'm delighted to say that joining me uh, to deliver and share their best picks are first up Jack Wright. Jack, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Harry. Yeah, all good, all good. little break over the FA Cup weekend, so uh, twiddling my thumbs, and uh, now we're back again, thankfully. Yeah, thankfully, indeed. I mean, the FA Cup is nice, it's charming and all that, but there's nothing like the Premier League. Uh, also joining us, the main man, Mr Nigel Seeley. Uh, Nigel, how are you doing? I thought you were going to say he's nice and charming like the FA Cup, but you didn't. It was an obvious link there, Harry. You never, you never went with it. You didn't, you didn't go with it, which I'm very, very upset about. I'm good, mate, from my friend. Um, yeah, just do you know what? I'm actually. I think this weekend in the Premier League could be one of the most pivotal weekends in the Premier League this season. I really do. I think it's huge at the top and the bottom. So it's kind of it's come back, and you know, we, we sort of the, the games are, since the World Cup. You know, they've been they've been great. They haven't been the, been the odd couple of good ones. The fixtures have been pretty dull. But um, this weekend, I think there's some really, really tasty matches. And I feel that this is a real big statement weekend for the teams at the top and the bottom to to show their credentials for the remainder of the season. Totally agree. There's a lot of games that you look at and you might look back at them come the end of the season and think they were huge and pivotal in the outcomes. Uh, let's quickly check in on the Betting Weekly Handicappers League table. The EPL, look at us flying well, look at the guys. Uh, it's their picks, to be fair. I just, uh, I just smile. Uh, but look, plun, uh, plus 1061, closing in on the league, and boys. Nigel did say that we'll close that gap. Nigel, are you still confident that you're going to leapfrog them eventually? Leapfrog and that, and frogs. You've got, you've got the French connection. You've got man and man and the buns, leapfrogging, and all this kind of stuff. It's brilliant. Um, I would, um, I think, I think, I think it's. I, you know, it's, it's a pivotal weekend, not only in the Premier League, but also for the Handicappers League table and the Serie A. Daniele sort of went on a great run, didn't have a great week last week back. Uh, the La, La, La Liga boys, they're going to get relegated. You know, they're, they're, they're sitting at the bottom. Premier Liga, when he returns, I'm sure he'll do all right, but he's just gallivanting around the world somewhere. <laughs> uh, but I think the top two, Liga and an EPL, are just going to pull away. I've, I've said it from day one. I think it's... Uh, it's up to the others to, to put the pressure on. But we're, we're seasoned performers. This is the trouble. You know, we, yeah. we, we've seen it, done it, been there. We just glide along like a, like a top racehorse. Just come along the rails and in the final furlongs, oh, accelerate. See you later. Posh. On. It's like tournament football. You don't want to peak too soon, you know. And uh, and we're just getting to that point. We're getting to that nice point. Uh, and sooner rather than later, we'll be up there right at the top looking down on everybody else. Uh, let's uh, move on then to this weekend's picks. Manchester United uh, taking on Manchester City. Manchester Derby's the early game on Saturday. Uh, Man United are in, in pretty decent form. They've impressed people of late, but this is a real, real test for them. 
both of you have got picks from this game. I'll come to you first, Nigel. Um, talk us through your thinking behind this one. Yeah, I feel I'm feeling quite um, not. I'm feeling quite happy with myself because the first show after the World Cup, the couple of things w- which we said, one of them was that like, Manchester United are a team to follow. Uh, I think they're getting things right. I think Ronaldo move going on was a, was a big positive for them. At the time, it was billed as a negative, but I thought it was a big positive, and it was a big positive for Marcus Rashford. And we said that you know, if Gareth Southgate could make one decision now, I think from that World Cup quarterfinal, I think he would have played Rashford. And, and look at his form since then; he's come back with confidence. And we've picked him to be the top first goal scorer, get the goal scorers, and in the games, and it's been a, a ticket that's cashed every single sort of game that he's played since the World Cup. Um, I think this is a, a real game, and and I I don't think Man City will fancy this one too much. Really, to be fair, I think Manchester United are going to be the team that are really up for this match. Their home form in recent weeks has been phenomenal. Not only have they been scoring goals, but they haven't, haven't been conceding as well. They can score. They scored at least three goals in their last four matches. But they've scored exactly three goals in the last four matches. Uh, they're unbeaten in eleven at home, won ten of them, uh, eight straight wins in all competitions. Real good confidence factor around it. And, and they're playing good football again. They've got a system that's working, a defence that looks solid, a goalkeeper that is in form, who's been criticised. Uh, you know, he had that clanger in the um, in the cup game. Was it, was it the cup game when he had the clanger? Where do we, where was, I'm sure it was, the, it was one of the Covered cup games. Covered the hair, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Post. He had one mistake, but, but pretty much consistent other than that. And... Um, one thing they've got is they've got their manager. They've got respect for the manager, and they're and they're, you know he's he's laid it down. He knows what it happened and what 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 it is all about at Manchester United this season. And if you step out of line, it doesn't matter who you are, you, you you're in trouble. And that is coming across in the way they play. Luke Shaw has been superb in recent weeks, scoring goals. He's played as a centre half. He's played as a fullback. Um, and I think they got a real big chance here against Manchester City. Um, Man City, to me, since the World Cup, I thought they'd come back looking great you know with everyone said Haaland's been at home he's going to come off the pitch and he's going to score goals he's scored a few goals as you would expect but I haven't really been impressed with Manchester City that much in recent weeks I know they got beat in the last match in the League Cup against Southampton and everyone were looking at it and go well it's only the League Cup but Man City won that League Cup you know for the last three years or or been taking it very very seriously or to the final in the last three I can't remember how many times they won it but they seem to win it every single time they're playing it so it's a tournament that means something to them. And the team that ended that game was a strong team. They had a World Cup winner. They had Haaland. They had Alvarez Haaland. They had the Foden, De Bruyne. The, the, they, were, they were a proper Man City side. And they got beat by the team bottom of the Premier League. And the concerning thing for Manchester City is the goals have dried up on the road. They aren't scoring goals away from home. You know, they've scored, I think it's something like, I can't remember how many goals it is now, but I think they scored. scored. Yeah, but I think in the I think like some, in the last seven matches or, or eight matches, I think they've, they've scored something like six goals or something mm, like that. Yeah, and three of them have come in one game against Leeds. <laughs> you know, and Leeds can see goals as we know. Man United won't give them any chances. I think a lot of people look at this game as a high-scoring match, but City on the road aren't anywhere near what they're like at home. And I I think Man United have got a good chance of getting something here. And I like Man United plus three quarters of a goal plus 0.75, which is minus 117. Now, the only way you are going to lose all of your money on that pick is if Man City win by two or more goals. You know, half of the bet will be a push if Man City won by one goal. So, you know, Man City got to go to a team like where, where Man United are scoring for the confidence of win by two, score two goals when they're not scoring goals against anybody at the moment, only leads. 
I think that's wrong. I, I think there's no no credit has been given to Manchester United than the odds in this game. And I think Man City have been overrated. Uh, the other bet I'm considering, and you might laugh at me here, um, I think teams at the top are going to drop points this week. And I think they're going to drop points over the next week. And Man United play Arsenal next week. Now, if Man United can get something from this game and they could beat Arsenal, which is, I know it's a big if, I tell you what, they're 28 to 1 now to win the Premier League title. If they can get four points or six points, they'd be not far 10 to 1 shot. They've got a game against Crystal Palace as well in between uh, the Manchester derby and Arsenal, which yeah. has recently been put in the schedule. So if they could pick up seven from nine, for example. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, this weekend could see the, the title race become. Another couple of teams putting their putting their stake down, and and I think if Man Man United win this game, they're they're big contenders. I think twenty eight to one is a big price, but I'm going to go for Man United plus zero point seven five in the Asian handicap. Only way we're going to lose is if Man City win by two or more. Only way we're going to lose all our bet if Man City win by two goals or more. Can't have that. Nice one, uh, Jack. You've also got a pick from this game, but you've decided to attack it in a slightly different way. Talk us through your pick and why. Yeah, I'm just going to look at my notes just to see anything that Nigel hasn't said. No, nothing there at all. He's covered it all. <laughs> no, look, I've gone under three goals in this one. So for very, very kind of similar reasons, totally Man United have been undervalued in this one. Uh, I'll address the elephant in the room, and that's not me. I haven't had too many men's pies over Christmas. Harland and City, the general thought process is that equals goals. But Nigel's already touched on the fact that that's generally speaking at the Etihad. That's when they're playing at home. 31 goals they've scored at home, 14 goals they've scored away. That game's averaged four and a half at home and only two and a half away. So I'm attacking it that that way. I think Pep Guardiola is going to go to Old Trafford with more respect for this Man United side than he's had in, in many, many games. He's, he's had a number over Man United, generally speaking, um, in recent recent seasons. He obviously won the reverse 6-3. That was earlier on in Ten Hag's reign, of course, and uh, they'd kind of just then tried to um, sort of balance after a very, very bad start. Um, and like we already said, that at home and away, it, they're different animals. So um, I think the reason that, that game has probably meant that uh, the line here for the goal line has been pushed up a bit to where, where it should be. We're getting minus 127. And in a similar way to like Nigel then said, for us to lose this bet, there needs to be four goals in it. And I, I can't see four. Look, with the players on show, we know that Rashford's on fire. We know Harlan can score goals and we could list the names all all day long, really. But th- there's going to be a, a nervousness and a tension about the game that no one's going to want to give, give it away. Man United are going to respect Man City. Man City are going to respect United on the counter-attack. And I can see that being, being a tight four. I think Ten Hag has fast-tracked United from where I expect them to be at this point in time. He's probably six months ahead um you know and and again I agree with Nigel the Ronaldo thing the soap opera that was has been a big element in that because it's actually given him the opportunity to put his authority on Man United stamp some discipline into the side and and they're playing for him and I say that's happened a lot quicker than I expected I thought it'd be a bit of a shaky up and down start to the season and then probably towards the end of the season they'd find some consistency and and aim for that kind of top six but in top four at a minute and again this price will shrink if they can get a, a, a positive result here um um I, I say i think uh it's an early kickoff it's a top four clash that all kind of points towards being a bit tight the early kickoff in in the uk so it's a 12 30 kickoff 7 30 a.m eastern time tends to be a little bit of a slow burner as far as like out of, you know the routine's a bit different for players 
um, that we'll see that kind of progress into the game. And the other thing about it is if you look at the history of this game at Old Trafford over the, over the years, uh, and so not a massive one for, for kind of head-to-heads in, over the ages, but you have to go back to 2015, so eight seasons ago since this game had four or more goals in it and therefore we'd lost. In the, in the se- subsequent seven games, we would have got two pushes and would have got five wins. And all the last four meetings here between these two sides would have resulted in a win for us with under three goals. So Man United at home, I've only seen four plus once, and that was against Arsenal. Um, with a side, obviously, it was then like chasing to you know get back into the game. Um, and although the last couple of games have seen them win three nil against kind of relegation sides, it's been a case of them kind of grinding them down. Eighty six minute, eighty seventh minute goals. Um, and as I say, Man City's away games don't tend to see that many at all. Um, in fact, they've only had two: the Leeds one and the Newcastle one. So again, where they were chasing the game. So that's the reasons behind it under 3 it's not often we can take a line with this sort of game where um you know the goal line is set so high um so yeah anything under 3 here and we're cashing 3 we get a full refund minus 127 the odds brilliant stuff it's just uh, one thing Gary just yep. just quickly yep. on, on there to win the premier league title obviously man united win this game they're only one point behind man city man city are like minus 130 to win the premier league and yep. uh, man united are plus 2800 that to me is too far difference in the current form. And Man City have obviously got, I know Man United have got some big cup competitions to play for in the semi-finals of the League Cup and they've got a good chance in the FA Cup as well as a Barcelona match as well. But Man City would expect to be playing in the latter stage of the Champions League. I don't think there's any way that there's a, that big a gap between these two sides. And if they don't, if they do win this game, um, you would see Man City be plus money. Uh, and Man United would be probably half the price they are now, and then it would depend on the, if, if if Man City got beat this weekend and Arsenal won, then, then Arsenal are the new title favourites. Yeah, indeed, indeed, it can all change, can't it? So quickly in the Premier League, that's the beauty about it all. Uh, let's take it on to Brighton versus Liverpool. Nigel, I'll start with you. Uh, Liverpool nowhere near as formidable as they have been in recent seasons, and Brighton, who people feared may have fallen off the wagon after Graham Potter's departure, have actually got better. Yeah, and playing with much more attack mindedness, you know, finally scoring the goals. They were always against, you know, the XG that they were going to score a load of goals, but never scored. Uh, and now they, they're putting balls in the back and in regularity. Uh, if you look at the, when they, when the, the new manager took over, his first game was against Liverpool and it was a 3 3 draw. And that was really the, the statement. You thought, hang on a minute, this, <laughs> these boys aren't as bad as they, as, as, it's much more entertaining than uh, we expected. And at the, probably that was the time where there was sort of question marks about Liverpool this season. Everyone expected Liverpool to come good. Uh, again, very similar to Man City. Since the World Cup, I thought Liverpool would come back, you know, really strong. You've got, you know, Salah's been at home and Robertson's been at home and a lot of their key players didn't go to the World Cup. And they haven't, they've stuttered. And on their on the road, they've been dreadful. I mean, the, the, the 3-1 defeat against, against Brentford was absolutely diabolical. They were poor against Aston Villa, conceded in that game. Uh, they conceded three against Manchester City on the road as well. Uh, just, just a side that just don't look like they can. They didn't concede so many goals. And with Brighton, with the way they're scoring goals at the moment, you've got to fancy them to really have have a go at them and uh, and, and cause some problems. The other thing is obviously Van Dijk is injured, um, which is a is a big big blow for Liverpool. And I just get the impression that they know they they're they're in a stuttering stage of this season. I think they know really deep down that the title's over. But really, 
top four is going to be hard the way that Man United are playing at the moment. So like Liverpool look at a side that really got some issues for me to 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 deal with. They talk about a takeover at the club as well. Obviously, the club's up for sale. There's going to be new owners. Will Klopp hang around? I, you know, I always look at Klopp now in, in the next manager to go market and think to himself, if he needs another game, he could walk here. He just he doesn't look happy. He's just moaning about everything. And, and he just, just doesn't look a happy man at the moment. Uh, the only person I see happy in him is Prince Harry. That's how, I'm, that's how unhappy he is. But um, I think that um, I think they're vulnerable here. And I wasn't surprised at all to see Brighton be bet. I mean, when the Lions come out, Brighton were plus 280, down, now down to plus 250, which I still think is a big price when you consider how well they're scoring, scoring goals and how well they're doing from an offensive point of view. Um, the only talk about stats, I mean, looking at head-to-head records and stuff like that, I know uh, Matt Jack doesn't like it, but in 1961, was the last time that Brighton beat Liverpool at home. And I know that top that Jack was wearing was in fashion then. Austin Powers <laughs> had, had that on in 1961. You had hair then. I, I wasn't born then, but I... I, I, I <laughs> in 1981, I had it. But um, that, that top was around in 61. Beatlemania was hitting. Jack was out with, with that top on. And, uh, <laughs> that, but I think, I think that's probably a, a little bit that people are looking at. And also the public want to get with Liverpool. But I think Brighton here, at home... With Liverpool with the injuries, things don't look right at Liverpool. Uh, Brighton free scoring. I'm going to go with Brighton plus half a goal. So I get the draw on my side, minus 125. Uh, Jack, you've also got a pick in this game. Um, again, uh, it seems like you feel that Brighton have got you know a big part to play in this and, and could potentially win the game, although your bet is not that straightforward. But what you've gone with, and, and looking at those odds, when you sent this over to me, I was like, wow. Um, that that's very appealing. So you've gone for, well, tell us what you've gone for. Yeah, I've gone for over one and a half Brighton goals um, at plus 143. Again, much of my notes uh, covered what Nigel's said. But if we look at the goal line here, um, what do Bet Rivers think? Um, over three is set at minus 110. Obviously, that's the, the, the um, total goals line. Um, over three and a half goals is plus 140. So it's very comparable. So they're thinking there's going to be four goals in this game and it's the same price as Brighton to score two. Are, are, are Liverpool going to score all those goals? I really don't think so. I just feel that, again, we've talked about um, De Zerbi. Nigel's talked about De Zerbi there. And that's exactly what he's brought to this Brighton side. They've been great fun to watch under him, as we'd kind of hoped they would be. Um, and, and there was concerns that they would fall apart once Graham Potter left. Um, he was kind of glue that kept them together. And it's been the complete opposite. Um, it's been really unfounded. And it's more a case now of can Graham Potter survive without Brighton rather than can Brighton survive without him. So we'll see how that one pans out. But um, look, post-World Cup, they've absolutely smashed it. They went to um, Everton uh, and won 4-1 there. And look, Everton are struggling. We know that. But it's still a tough place to go. They don't tend to concede too many goals and, and Brighton blew them away. They then followed that up in the FA Cup and and, and those unfamiliar with with kind of the championship or lower underneath the, the, um, the Premier League, they went to Middlesbrough who are absolutely flying under Michael Carrick, obviously formerly of, of Manchester United. Um, Middlesbrough had won seven of their last nine games under, under Carrick um, and this looked a complete banana skin. You know, a few clubs slipped up in in the, in the cup last weekend. Brighton certainly won one of them. Five one, real highlight, uh, you know, result there. Go into a, a, a playoff chasing side in the championship and just again blew them out of the water, scoring goals for fun. Um, look, 
said the XG data that we've been talked about, the experts who are talking about that, it's now kind of coming to fruition that they should have been scoring these goals. They now are. So whatever deserve he's done, the little tweaks that he's done are, are really, really paying off. They've, they've had a slow start under him, um, but they've scored 29 goals in 14 games since he's been there. About 25 of those have come in the last nine. So just a fraction under three goals per game for Brighton. It's not just total goals, it's team goals. And again, as Nigel says, this Liverpool side look absolutely ripe to go and score goals against if you go at them, go and attack them. And that's the only way Deserby knows how and how he's getting this Brighton side to play. Um, Liverpool just seem this season that just as it looks like they're turning a corner, they they hit a dead end. Uh Injuries have played a big part in that. You know, they've lost their attacking talent with like the Diaz and Yota. And obviously, Virgil van Dijk now being out for, you know, a few weeks is going to be a massive impact. Um, he's not quite been to the standard this season defensively, but he's obviously a communicator on the pitch. He's a leader on the pitch, and they're going to be missing that big style at the back, especially with Brighton. So, a very, really vibrant side. Um, so, they've. they've um, four in seven league away games, um, lost four in seven um, in the league away. So it's a terrible record for a side that we're used to seeing in the top two. Um, they also lost to Man City in the League Cup. They also lost to Napoli, got hammered uh, in, in Naples in the Champions League as well. They conceded two plus in six games this season away from home, including that one Brentford uh, last time out, which we cashed on obviously on the show, as mentioned by Nigel there as well. well only one clean sheet away in the league. That was at Everton. That was fortunate. Goal disallowed, VAR and, and a few other n- near scrapes as well. Um, They've only kept four clean sheets all season in the league and only three clubs have, have um, kept fewer than that, being West Ham, Leeds and Southampton. So not a very impressive roll call there at all. So, again, we talked about that game. Deserby's first game in charge was at Anfield and he showed what it was all about there. They went two up in 17 minutes. So we'll take that here for this bet, get that cash nice and early. Um, but it's front foot, it's exciting, it's attacking. And if he's going to do that at Anfield like he did and he's done it, against Arsenal, against Man City. Um, and, you know, he's played and done well against the, the, the that top six. He's going to do it here against Liverpool that do look vulnerable. So um, absolutely, eyes lit up with this one. Um, plus 143, over one and a half Brighton goals. Nice one, Jack. Thank you very, very much. Uh, Nigel, North London derby, Tottenham versus Arsenal. The uh, anxiety for me has already kicked in <laughs> around this one. I'm not sleeping right. I'm not eating right. Not shaving. Uh, and, uh, yeah, not shaving, clearly. I might be in mourning on Sunday. That's what, <laughs> uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But Nigel, you got a pick on this one. Talk to us about it. Well, if I'm right, you will be. Um, so that, that's 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 bad news for you, I'm afraid. Um, I, think, I think Arsenal are too short here in the betting. And there's a few reasons why I think they're too short in the betting. And the first reason I think they're too short in the betting is because they play after Man United, Man City. I think that's crucial. I think if Man United beat Man City, then the tactics that Arteta goes out here might be slightly different. If Man City get beat by Man United, I think the draw is a brilliant result for, for, for Arsenal. That's what I'm basically trying to say here. Um, if Man City win, obviously it's a statement match and they go, but I feel that um, Tottenham here will believe, however badly Tottenham have played, which has been really bad since the World Cup, they're out, they're fifth and they're not they're not out they're not out of the race for Champions League and they're not out of the title picture yet. Just shows you how teams are so close at the bottom at the top of the table. If if Tottenham win this game, I think there'll be eight points between them and Arsenal. With with games against Manchester United and Manchester City to come for for, for Arsenal, that gap could close. And Tottenham will feel they they got a chance of being added into the the title race as well. 
that's why I said I think it's a real big weekend here. I think teams are going to drop out of it or they're going to be back in it in, in, in the shake-up. Um, I just feel Arsenal a little bit too short. I mean, Tottenham have we're talking about historical records as well. I mean, you you can't talk about this going without uh, the Tottenham's fantastic record here. They've got a brilliant record that they're unbeaten in the last eight. Obviously, Arsenal won three one, where they're a lot better at home. Um, but I think the pressure on Arsenal was massive. And however much I thought Arsenal were absolutely brilliant against Brighton, which they were in the first half, second half I thought they were equally as bad. They sat back. They sat back and allowed Brighton to attack. And I just felt that it was the first time that I felt that Arteta thought to myself, you know what, we've got to hang on here. We, 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 we. If, that fourth, if that third goal had gone in, I think we would have seen like that would have been real nervy. So that was allowed. I think would have been real. And I felt nerves come across there for the first time. Obviously, we saw his antics on the sidelines against Newcastle. I don't, I don't, that, that, I don't worry about that. I like passion. I like people like, showing passion and want to win. It doesn't bother me, that that kind of stuff. But I feel that the pressure's getting to him a little bit here. I think he's realising now, you know what, we're so close to winning the title and I think he's feeling it. And and you see teams come down the stretch. So this is purely from a from a, from a from uh, where we stand in the Premier League and the opposition we face ourselves with. Uh, and obviously from the price as well. Tottenham come here on the back of two wins. You know, I know it was a 4-0 win at Crystal Palace, but they did play well and Harry Kane was on fire in that game. Harry Kane's got three goals in his last two games. And I just got a feeling here that Tottenham will get something from the match. I'm not saying that Arsenal will lose, but I just think that plus 112 Arsenal away on the road here and Tottenham at plus 225 at home in a huge, huge game is probably, I think it's a little bit, with home advantage, I think the price should be slightly closer to the, to each other. So for that reason, I'm going to take Tottenham uh, on plus a half a goal and get the draw on my side, which is minus 133. It would have cashed in the last eight games they played in this fixture. I know this is the best Arsenal side in that period. Uh, Tottenham have had better sides, I would have thought. Um, but I just think that the nature of the match and the fact that if Man United can get something against Man City, I think Arteta might look at this game and think, you know what? A point isn't that bad for us. And I think they might share the spoils. Yeah, I think he'd be quietly satisfied with a point as well. You, you mentioned it. It's a fixture that normally the, the home side do win. Um, and, and you're right, you know, there does seem to be a bit of value in that that Spurs price. So um, head over heart, I would probably go with that as well. You'd um, sign for a point, Harry, wouldn't you? Come on. Oh, absolutely, mate. Give me the paper now. I'll sign it now. <laughs> I'll sign it now uh, for sure, 100%. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's take it on. Uh, Jack, Aston Villa against Leeds United. Um, talk to us about this one. Another sort of slightly left field pick, but you have made this type of pick before, which is interesting. I have, I have. And that's why I'm going for it again. You can tell how excited I am for the Premier League coming back. I've gone for the first three fixtures, Friday night, Saturday lunchtime, and and then like a 3pm on Saturday. You so can absolutely get smashed on Sunday with the winning <laughs> or drown your sorrows. With the last there we go. Yeah, yeah, Sunday yeah. three, drinking, <laughs> drinking your profits or... Drowning your losses. Yeah, yeah. We know what we're doing. So uh, you're right, Harry. I have picked this one before. And uh, presenter's curse, you said you liked it last time round. And uh, it's actually the only time that bet would have lost this season for Villa under Unai Emery. So, uh, but, um, and you know what? I've had more comments about the bet than any other bet that I've done on these shows um, for Bet Rivers this uh, this season. So obviously it piqued some interest out there amongst people. Um and a bit like um, Nigel's Wolves drawing at halftime kind of bet. It's a bet that I wanted to play again and I wanted to remind people of because it did lose last time, which sometimes means that people will go, oh, that's it. I ain't going to look at that one again. Um, it's it's over 
offsides against Aston Villa, basically. So this case, it's Leeds um, going to Villa Park, and we're playing over two and a half Leeds offsides at plus 155. Um, look, as far as the game setup is concerned, Villa looking to bounce back. Obviously, had a horrific loss to a, a, a side in the fourth tier of English football in the FA Cup, having been a goal up and two late goals. So they're looking to bounce back from that. Bit of a surprise, obviously. They wanted a bit of a cut run to give them some excitement going towards the end of the season. Emery obviously been a bit of a cup specialist as well. Um, obviously can now focus on the league and, and add into their squad over this uh, window. Um, as far as um, Leeds are concerned, obviously a bit of pressure under Marsh still. Two points um, off the relegation zone at the bottom. They kind of got out of jail in the FA Cup themselves last week as well. Um, so uh, this game is a, is, a, is a big game for them. Uh, and uh, we should see them playing their usual style, which is on the, on the front foot. So back to the bet itself, which is, is the offsides. Like I said, we, we played it um, when Villa played Spurs. Um, it's just how Unai Emery sets up. As I said, I got tipped off by, by a friend of mine who'd been following the La Liga football and said, look, He's coming to the EPL. Watch out for the offsides that he, he gets and, and traps side size in. So this will be the last one I'm going to put the bet forward. But going forward, all the viewers, subscribers, listeners, make sure you keep an eye on this one when the lines, when the markets come out to see if it's, you know, it's a worthy play. When the markets opened, it was minus one one six for over one and a half offsides. And that that line went and I was tossing up between over one and a half or over two and a half and obviously made my mind up in the end to go over two and a half because the odds are very nice at plus money, plus one fifty five. And I say Spurs is the only game so far this season under an Emery where it hasn't landed. Just some stat stuff based on why it's such a good bet. Um Obviously, Emery was in charge of Villarreal last season, had a full season there, 38 games in La Liga. Um, averaged the opponents averaged offside 3.24 times. Um, 25 of the 38 games saw the opponents get offside three or more times in the in the match. So that's 66%. He had um, 11 games in charge of Villarreal before he came to Villa um, this season. Um, averaged 3.45 offsides per game for the opponents. Seven of 11 saw three or more offsides. So 64%. And then, as we've already said, this season, um, so far, eight games in charge of Villa. Four at home. All four, he's seen them have um, the opponents caught offside three or more times. It's 88% in total across all the games. And just to put that into context, regardless of the opposition, because Leeds don't tend to get caught offside too many times, it's about how Emery sets up the Villa side. Wolves went there in the last game. We know how Wolves play. We know all about Wolves. They were caught offside four times. Stevenage in the FA Cup had 20% of the ball and were caught offside five times by this Villa side. Um, so all in total, over those the last two seasons, um, we've had 57 games with Unai Emery. 39 times have seen the opponents get caught offside three or more times in the game. That's 68%. You're looking at implied odds there around about minus 2-1-3. Um, and we're getting odds here for one plus 155 leads over two and a half offsides brilliant stuff uh interesting let's hope that it comes through uh this time unai emery side will take on a leads that are definitely going to try and play football definitely going to take the game to the counter attack with yeah. pace it, it it makes it even better um i say if a wolves i can get four if stevenage can get five as i said everyone's hit hit over three um uh, sorry over two other than than spurs unfortunately which was a real shock but there we go. That happens. But it's one to look out for. It'll be the last time I'll put it forward on the show. We don't want to be repetitive. Um, but, yeah, keep an eye on it throughout the season because it's a very much a live play. 
Fantastic. Uh, Nigel has treated us to a fourth bet this week. Uh, Nigel, you, you must be feeling good this week. What's, what's going on? Big smile on his face. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's looking, you know, he's uh, he's shining like the FA Cup. There's a you reference. You should say looking good and he's, shine, he's looking, um, uh, he's, he's shining. shining. He's, he's, looking, shining. Um, he's looking old. He's looking tired. He's, he's looking uh, shining. Oh, you'll be shining here. I'll see you. you have a big shiner on you. Anyway, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, well, I, listen, I, Jack said they don't want to be repetitive. I was going to go for Wolves to be drawing at halftime against West Ham. Mm-hmm. Plus 108 is this week, by the way. Wolves to be drawing at halftime against West Ham. Last season in this fixture, nil-nil at halftime. You know what to do. But anyway, mm. I, won't be, I didn't go there. I went for something different. And it was uh, Everton v Southampton under two and a half goals, um, minus 136. Uh, I read Everton wrong last week. Uh, drastically wrong a lot not last week last time they played when they played against Brighton I thought the price at home was too wrong I looked silly got it got it completely lightly wrong here but I think that the nature of this game at the bottom of the table and then where these two sides find themselves in I think you know, this will be as cagey as you, you can imagine I think the nil-nil is a, is a big contender here uh, if Southampton do win this match um, they will go level with points of Everton and I think if they do win that match it's got to be the end for Frank Lampard so it's a huge match for him uh, the Everton uh, supporters are, are going to make a protest before the game and, and after the game for the owners. Um, Southampton, great form in the Cup. I mean, brilliant win against Manchester City, brilliant win in the FA Cup going to Crystal Palace and winning as well. But their league form has been dreadful. Uh, six successive losses in the EPL. Um, Everton are the second lowest home scorers in the Premier League this season. Southampton, the second lowest away scorers in the Premier League this season and that where that is exactly where the problem lies both these sides have big issues finding the back of the net um, so that would be my reasoning for thinking about that if you look at history we'll be talking a lot about history here uh, last 18 matches between these two sides in this fixture uh, Everton have either won or drawn so they haven't won uh, in the last 18 in this fixture it's been a real tough side the last time they won was back in 1997 where Wannabe was number one by uh, the Spice Girls. Spice Power was hitting the world in America and across the Atlantic. Uh, I don't think there's any Spice Power in this game. I think it will be a very low-power game. Very low did you used to walk around singing the Spice Girls? Did I? Did, why would I do that? I, I was know. into Oasis at the time, my friend. I went into the Spice Girls. Coming up with Spice Girls. I don't know. I, maybe you got a bit of a soft spot for them. No? Listen. <laughs> oh, he's trying. He's trying to Listen, think of some spice old, songs now. Old spice now. <laughs> old spice rather than any other spice now. Uh, no, I was. I wasn't really into the spice girls. I was more into all saints from that kind of thing. I mean, they were. They were more sort of never into, ever. Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, uh, but they 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 were good anyway. Um, so goodbye, my friend. But let me tell you. <laughs> But let me, uh, um, if my mum was watching this, I love you. But let me uh, just say that uh, here, I think it's low scoring. So Everton, Southampton, uh, not many goals at all. Under two and a half goals, uh, minus 136. And I'm giving you everything on that bit. (laughs) Look at him. Look at him with his puns. He loves it. He absolutely loves it. Um, Listen, I'll tell you what I want. What I really, really want this week is I want Man United to beat Man City. That's what I want. That's what I really, really want. There you go. He's um, like the new sports, sporty spice. Should we give him sporty spice? Old Scary spice, spice. Old spice. <laughs> old spice. <laughs> yeah. Let us know your favourite uh, spice girl in the comments below. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, right, let's summarise uh, this weekend's bets then. Uh, okay, so Manchester United versus Manchester City in the big Manchester derby. Uh, Nigel has gone for Man United at plus 0.75. 
uh, and that's at minus 117. Uh, Jack on that same game has gone for under three goals. That's at minus 127. Uh, Liverpool travel to Brighton, another game that both guys have had uh, a pick in. Uh, Nigel has gone Brighton plus a half uh, versus Liverpool at one at minus one two five. I beg your pardon. And Jack has gone for over one and a half total goals by Brighton, and that is at plus one forty three. Uh, Nigel's gone for Tottenham plus a half in the North London derby against Arsenal. That's at minus one thirty three. Uh, Jack has gone for Leeds United to have over two and a half offsides in their trip to Aston Villa. That's at plus 155. And that is settled using the Opta data. Uh, and then Nigel, the final bet, his fourth bet, his bonus bet for the week. Uh, he's gone for under two and a half goals in the game between Everton and Southampton. That's at minus 136. All the time I was reading those out, I was trying to think of a Spice Girls pun. I haven't got one. I'm not as good as you two. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll leave it there. Um, but thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. Uh, just a quick reminder to make sure that if you're listening to the podcast um, in audio format, then please do leave us a review. That really, really does help. Uh, share your thoughts with us on the show. Uh, if there's anything you want to see, let us know. Uh, please do stay in touch and good luck, of course, with all the picks. Make sure you subscribe to the Bet Rivers Network YouTube channel. Um, there's lots of fantastic content on there covering a wide variety of sports. And uh, and I'm going to throw over to Nigel to see if there's anything he wants to add before we... Uh, Say goodbye. That's not a Spice Girl song. No. That is a Spice Girl song. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. Spice Girl, good boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good boy. Well, um, no, it's just saying it's it's it's, it's a great week of, of football. Actually, the Premier League massive week, and obviously it's a big week of tennis this week. It's the Australian Open, the first major of 2023, and there's a huge amount of content uh, on Game Bet Match on the Betting Weekly, and obviously all the stuff on Extra Time as well with all the leagues around Europe, uh, Liga. At the top of their handicappers board, the La Liga in Spain, and obviously we have the uh, the action in Italy as well with the informed Daniele Fischikella uh, for Syria. So all available on the downloads and all available on the YouTube channel. Brilliant. Stuff. And if I have some support for my top, please, that'd be uh, much appreciated for anyone who's actually viewing this. So um, I've got it in black as well, so I can wear the that. Black. You point. look like the man from um, the Milk Tray advert. Milk if you're the black. Yeah, Milk exactly. Tray. Yeah, Harry looks a bit like Milk Tray better today. Pep, Pep Guardiola wears those tops. Yeah, but he's Pep Guardiola, not Jack Wright. <laughs> it's like saying Brad Pitt wears his top. He but, can't have everything, can he? he yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fantastic. Right, guys, we'll leave it there. And uh, you know what? Let us know what you think of Jack's top in the comments as well. That's always good Thanks. fun. We'll see you all soon. Until next well, time. Well, it's a really nice top, oh, gang. It's a, it's a really nice top. Don't get me wrong. I, I would wear that top. But I wouldn't wear it at half two at home on my own doing the betting podcast. I'd wear it down like a trendy wine bar in the West End or something like that. You know, it shows you that he makes an Nigel, effort. Nigel, they, they wouldn't let Old Spice in a trendy wine bar down <laughs> the West End. Uh, not anymore. I'm barred from half of them. <laughs> Where the Spoons pubs it is. Exactly. I'll catch you all soon. Until next time, goodbye, guys. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. 